You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. And so we just finished an eight-week deal on prayer. You can get that online if, if you'd like to. Um, it's amazing. And uh, we are moving into a new series called The Return. And it's going to be a series about the prodigal son. And what's, this is what's really cool about it is, uh, oh wait, before I get into that, I want to make an announcement. I have one announcement. We've hired, we have a new hire on our staff. His name is Alan Love. We call him the Love Doctor. And he is our, our executive pastor, which is super exciting. We've been looking, we went through 112 applications. He has a background with the Vineyard. He has a background with the Toronto Airport Church. He loves Jesus. He has our values. And uh, we're super excited that he is uh, going to come on board. He starts March 1st. We'll be here March Seventh, and uh, we are pumped, and so begin to pray for him and be excited with us about him coming on staff. So we're very, very excited. Okay, so um, this is what we're doing. It's pretty cool. A lot of a lot of churches, a lot of people, kind of focus on Lent, the forty days before Easter, and um, as, as an opportunity to give things up, and that's a good thing because it's, it draws you to the Lord. But um, we felt like, I met with these four other churches, or they met with me, and um, they said, hey, we're doing this series on the prodigal son, where we're going to focus on, on, you can just give me that check, come on, give me that check. That's going to tempt me my whole talk. Anyway, um, and we're going to focus on, uh, before Easter, the things that cause us to be lost, and I'm going to go through this, uh, the things that prevent us from saying yes to coming home to the Father. And then we're going to have a big Easter celebration, and we're going to celebrate the love of the Father. I'm giving up one of my talks. And then the four weeks or the three weeks following that, we're going to talk about what does it look like, what does it mean that we've been forgiven, that we've been saved, that we live as resurrected children of God. Uh, and then on May 1st, we're going to have a big celebration with these four churches, Ocean City Church, both the local vineyards, and RCC. We're going to get together in the evening of Sunday, May 1st, and we're going to have a big service with our worship teams combined. We're going to have testimonies, and then we're going to have a big meal together. And uh, just celebrating um, the unity between our churches and the desire that we have uh, to celebrate Jesus Christ. And so this is the beginning of the, of the series on the prodigal. And um, and so again, the first three, the prodigal is a story, by the way, um, of rebellion. It's a story, um, is also about an, is about invitation from the father to receive his love, to accept his gift, uh, a father who has sacrificed what is most precious to him, his son, Jesus Christ, so that he can extend an invitation to us for us to come home to him. Um, and we know this, that when we say yes, it's so Amazing, prophetic, how Lex kind of, and Jude led us into the presence and then the importance of saying yes to the Lord. Because when we say yes to the Lord, we say yes to coming home, we receive an opportunity to live the life we are created for, to live a life that is filled with freedom, to live a life that is filled with joy, to live a life that is filled with forgiveness and abundance in every way. Um, and so as I talk about this, the first few weeks, um, the last thing I want you to feel is Antley is telling us all the things that are wrong with my life that I need to repent of. 
because I'm going to talk about both brothers and how they're jacked up and the things that prevent them from saying yes, the sin, the brokenness that is in their life that prevent them from saying yes to the Father. I don't want to come home. I have these other things going for me, and I'm just not going to say yes to you because of this sin and this brokenness in my life. And so my desire is not to, to teach on these things and then for you to feel like I'm a worm, I'm so bad. I'm like the elder brother, full of pride. I'm like the younger brother. I love smoking crack on the weekend. I love marajahuchi. I love getting drunk. I love the ladies. And so it's, that's not my desire, okay? Even those things, those things might be true about who you are. My desire is to teach you and to understand that God's love is still offered to you. If you're the elder brother or you're the younger brother, the story, the, the core of this story is about receiving the forgiveness and the grace of a father who desperately loves you and wants you to come into his home, to come into his house, to come into the celebration that he uh, desires to throw for you. And so the first week, week one, this week, I'm going to go kind of give you an overview of the story of the prodigal son, okay? Kind of lay a foundation. And then the next few weeks, I'll talk about the sons and the rebellion, and then on Easter, the celebration, and then what it means to, to let, you can't read that, that's kind of tough to read. Yeah, there we go. And then uh, the fourth talk on Easter and the celebration of the rescue. And then the last talk, the last few talks will be on uh, what it looks like to, li- uh, to live a life that has been restored by the Father's love. And so here we go. This is Luke 15. I'm going to start one, two, three, because he tells three parables. This is the third parable, the, the, uh, the parable of the prodigal, prodigal sons. And so, um, but it begins with this, because it communicates to us the audience that Jesus is talking to. He's talking to sinners and tax collectors, bad people in the eyes of the religious. But he's also talking to Pharisees and scribes, religious people, religious people, People that don't think that they need God. People that are holy on their own, okay? And so let's read this together. No, don't read out loud. I'm going to read it. You follow along. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, and he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, father... Give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property and reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants." And he rose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. 
And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and before you I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For the son was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now the older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come home, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when, his son of, but when this son of yours came, who had devoured your property and pro, with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him? And the father said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost, and, found, and now he is found. So Jesus told this parable to two different groups of people, to the tax collectors and sinners and the Pharisees and the scribes. The first group he speaks about, the tax collectors and sinners, we mainly think this is what the parable is about, don't we? This is about the prodigal son. This is about the main point, the main focus of this story is forgiveness for all, regardless of what I have done. The tax collectors and sinners represent people like the younger brother, people who have rebelled against the religious norm, people who are living for themselves, being led by their desire to find life in the world, driven by instant gratification and what is best for them now. Second group that Jesus is speaking to, the Pharisees and the scribes, people like the older brother, people that keep all the rules, who work hard and judge those who don't. They have all the right answers, all the right, they know all the right people, and they don't think they need rescuing. And the sin that they struggle with is pride. And this group is who Jesus is mainly speaking to. Each in their own way have rebelled against the Father, both loving the Father for what he has, but not for who he is. And I'll unpack that in the next few weeks. So a better title for this story would be The Two Lost Sons. Both of them lost in different ways, but both of them are lost. Both of them, both of them have to receive the invitation from the Father before they can come home. And so the third person in the story is the Father. He represents, obviously, our Heavenly Father and displays in his actions, his desires, that he, that he wants them. He wants to rescue them. He wants to rescue each brother. He goes and runs to the younger brother, doesn't he? So that the younger brother knows that the father loves him, 
that the Father forgives him before he can say anything, and the Father welcomes him and wants him to come back into the family. He demonstrates this with the ring and the finest robe, and the finest robe would have been the Father's robe. And so he lavishes these things on him so that the Son will know that he is forgiven and that he is loved and that there is nothing that can separate him from the Father. But the Father also, during the party, goes out. He moves towards the elder son, and he begs him to come in. He wants him to come into the party. He wants him to receive the same offer that his younger brother received. Won't you come home? Won't you come in? Everything that I have is yours. The story shows a father that at great lengths and great price shows his two sons that he loves them. He sacrifices public humiliation, communal disgrace, and rejection from both sons, but still he goes to each of them, inviting them in to become a part of his family, inviting them to come home. This is the story of a father who does more who does far more than the brothers will ever know to bring them home. And I'll unpack that as well with the father, who the father really is. Right now, I have an illustration that I want to show you, a video, uh, a father that goes to great lengths to provide for their child. Okay. Daddy is the sweetest daddy in the world. Daddy is the most handsome, the smartest, the most clever, the kindest. He is my Superman. Daddy wants me to do well at school. Daddy is just great, but... He lies. He lies about having a job. He lies about having money. He lies that he is not tired. He lies that he is not hungry. He lies that we have everything. He lies about his happiness.
He lies because of me. That's a MetLife commercial. I don't know. <laughs> That's a tearjerker, though, isn't it? That gets you. I mean, I watched that. I was like, <laughs> you know. And I think that it touches our heart because inside of each of us, we desire to have a father like that. And we also desire to be a father like that. And yet, the truth is, we will never have a father that meets all of our needs. We will never be the father that meets all the needs of our children. But the father in this story has given and has done so much more for us than any of our earthly father ever could have done. He has gone to such great lengths to offer us an invitation to come home an invitation to know that he loves us and that he will sacrifice all, his reputation, his son, so that we can come to him, so that we will love him. In Romans 5, 6, and 8, it, talks, it says this, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, that's us, For one will scarcely die for the righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then in 832, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? The Father's desire is to give us all things, to offer us the greatest gift to come home and to be his family. And there is a reality about being his son, like in that story, that we will never understand and know the great links that he went to save us. We just won't know it. We can read the Bible verses, we can experience him, but we will never know the sacrifice that he made to invite us home. You know, one time, I, I don't know if it was a dream or a picture, and I've shared this before, um, and I think it was in prayer ministry, but uh, in, in ministry, I was praying, and I saw my three boys on a cross, on individual crosses, and uh, I remember, and I was standing in front of them, and I was so sad that they were on the cross. I was just, I was devastated that they were on these crosses dying, and um, and in this picture, they were crying for me to help them. They are crying for me to help them get off the cross, to save them. And in the picture, what was most painful to me is that I turned my back on them and walked away and listened to their cries for help. My father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned your back on me? Because... He loves us, and he wants to invite us home. 
And the only way he could do that was by sacrificing Jesus for our sins. The prodigal story is a story with a happy ending. The lost son returns home to the father and is restored back into his family that he ran away from. A picture of total forgiveness and grace. Not because he had done anything to earn it. Not because he deserved it. But because he was the son of the father. Because his value came in being the father's son. If we look at this story, as we look at this story, what we will see is Jesus again and again choosing the lost over the religious. The woman caught in adultery opposed to the Pharisees who were going to stone her. He chose to defend the woman caught in adultery. Zacchaeus in the tree. He will come and eat. Who would let him come and eat with these tax collectors? And he says, Zacchaeus, come. I I want you to come so that I can eat with you. Be in your home. The prostitute that broke the alabaster over his feet. The Pharisees that mocked him. And who did he side with? He sided with her, the younger brother, and offered forgiveness and grace and mercy, not because of anything that they had done, because of his love for them and that he wanted them to be a part of his family. But this story also has a sad ending. The father goes to the elder brother, but the son's pride and his anger prevents him from receiving the invitation. The elder brother refuses to come into the party, to come home. And that's where Jesus ends the story. He doesn't ever tell us whether the elder brother came home or not. And I'm going to unpack that in the third week and tell you why. The prodigal story for us this morning and for the weeks to come is an invitation for us to consider what are the areas of my life, what are the areas of my heart that keep me from coming home to the Father? Are you like the lost son, the prodigal who is running from the Father, running to find life in the world, in money, wild living, the pleasures that are temporal and feed your flesh? Or are you like the elder brother who doesn't think they need God, who does the right things all the time and judges others who don't? Your pride and your good works and your service to the Lord are what prevent you from receiving the invitation to come to the Father. This morning, the introduction of the story, I want you to consider this question in ministry. Do you want to come home? Do you want to come home to the Father? Because if you do, you first have to say no before you can say yes. That's what we are singing about at the end of worship. Yes, Lord, yes, yes. I want you. I want what you have for me. I want your blessing. But then Lex began to sing about no. In order to say yes, we first have to say no. Now, there are stories in the Bible that communicate something different than that. 
where people don't say yes to Jesus. He says yes to them and brings them into their kingdom, and then they say no. But in this story, the message of return requires repentance. And so this morning, the Father longs for you more than anything to come home to him. Do we want to come home? Do you want to come home? Let's stand.